the end of the day, nobody is tougher than you. Not a single kid at your school is tougher than you. There's not a chance. That's it. The, the first floor of the hospital, I'm reading Wendy's and just talking to my wife and just saying, you know, we're not, we're not going to let him die. You know, it's not happening. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to let that happen. So I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that didn't happen. Welcome to the Men of Character podcast with your host, Bill Maser. Okay, welcome everybody back to the Men of Character conference. Uh, today I have Mark Barisha, a Mark Mall business owner, a husband, and a father. Uh, Mark's topic today is leading your family through uh, challenging circumstances. So uh, welcome, Mark. Thank you for being part of the conference. Thank you for having me. A little bit about yourself, you know, what you do, who you are. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm 38 years old. I run a, a small business in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, we are uh, you know, primarily a millwork fabricator and we install all across the country. Um, I graduated from the University of Florida um, and uh, met my wife here. Uh, she's a veterinarian in the area and uh, have two small children, a seven-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter named Kira. And so my son, Cole, uh, has a rare uh, genetic condition called uh, recessive dystrophic epidermolysis bullosa. And uh, they call it EB for short. And uh, so pretty much I'll, I'll just say, you know, EB from, from here on out. But let's, let's talk about this. So you, your son is your, your firstborn and, and he's the one with the condition, right? So when, you know, how did, the, how did you find out about this when you, when your son was born? What, what, walk us through that, that sure. experience. Um, so, you know, had a very healthy pregnancy. Uh, my wife, um, you know, we kind of did like hypnobirthing so she could do a, a natural birth, um, which is, you know, pretty interesting experience. And in, in. so, you know, as far as, you know, the, the process for us is, you know, we had a very healthy pregnancy. Um, the only inclination that there was anything ever wrong is that my wife um, just had this feeling. She kept saying, he seems kind of angry. Like when he's kicking, he just seems like he's mad in there. And um, I just, of course, I uh, said, I'm sure you're imagining this and everything's fine. Yeah. And, and so when he was, he was born, he was born with uh, basically he was missing skin uh, from uh, basically like socks. So like from his, just above his ankles down to his toes, it was red inflamed. Basically it, it looked like probably about maybe like a second degree burn. There's just no skin on it. Um, and, uh, he was, his hands had like a little bit of a uh, sloughing, like kind of a, like blister, like your, your, your skin was tearing off. So it was like, you know, those were the only spots that were affected and, and visually upon him, you know, coming out. So as soon as he came out, it was, Hey, there is something wrong, but it's, I'm sure it's fine. You know, it's probably, you know, maybe, you know, some sort of a reaction, uh, you know, his skin just didn't grow all the way and it'll grow and it'll be fine and everything. Gotcha. So did you find that out, like literally your son is born and you, and everyone sees this or you knew before the actual birth or how was that? No. So we had no, no inclination before that. So, it, you know, any wow. of the, um, you know, uh, prenatal monitoring, anything, nothing came up as, you know, weird, you know, doing the ultrasound, everything. It wasn't something that you could see, uh, you know, even with the three, you know, the 3d ultrasound, it just wasn't something that would be apparent. Um, and so unless you hadn't, you know, an inclination, like with our daughter, we were able to have her prenatally tested to determine with, if she would be a carrier. Um, and so there was no, no way to know. So it was just 
literally, he was born, surprise, um, there's something wrong. Everyone is looking and going, hmm, uh, there's a problem here. And so you yeah. kind of, you kind of sense a little bit of, at first for me, it was just kind of like, you know, it's an amazing moment. Your son is born. He's beautiful. Uh, and he's almost perfect, <laughs> except there's some, you know, some skin missing. It, it looks, you know, it, it, I think you're, you know, in shock kind of in terms of it, yeah. it didn't really register of, okay, well, this is going to be a lifelong problem that we're dealing with. So how quickly did you find out um, that it was going to be a lifelong problem? Like what was, what were the doctors telling you at first? And, and then they, I would imagine they probably tested them and yeah. What was that process? Okay. Yeah. So uh, we basically right after he was born, it was, you know, doctors like, mm, okay, something's wrong. They kind of took him away from us. And I kind of you know, heard one of the nurses saying, Oh, you know, this kind of looks like, you know, epidermolysis bullosa. Um, and I, you know, that stuck with me. Like she was just like kind of an offhand comment she was saying to somebody else that didn't mention it to me. Um, and so, you know, the hospital we were born at North Florida, uh, here in Gainesville, Florida, uh, they kind of quickly said, Hey, we need to, something's wrong. We don't know what it is. We're going to transfer him to the university of Florida's, uh, specialty hospital Shands. And so they transported him over and then we got, you know, we got in a car and drove over, um, so within like four hours of birth, we were at another hospital and uh, they started, you know, there the, the uh, attending dermatologist, you know, came to visit and said, yeah, this is, you know, epidermolysis blows a hundred percent and uh, we're going to go ahead and do a biopsy and confirm uh, what type and, and kind of started laying the groundwork that, you know, it's kind of a, a spectrum, you know, uh, in terms of severity and there's, there's four different major types of the condition. So some are very, very, um, mild. Uh, so there's a simplex a version called simplex, which is, uh, you know, it's very mild and you wouldn't, you know, some people have it and you would never know that they have no idea they have it. Um, and then others have it more severe with that each different type. And then there's a, a type called junctional, which is very severe and, and with kids often dying within the first year or two of life, they don't, they're, it's just, they're their skin degrades so quickly that they're not able to, to thrive and survive. Gotcha. So what, what, which of those versions of the condition did your son have? Okay. So he, he ended up with, uh, the kind is called dystrophic. And, uh, so it's recessive dystrophic. So what that means is that both me and my wife were a carrier of the defective gene, which is then the defect is it's a, uh, in your collagen seven protein, which is the protein that is basically the Velcro that holds your epidermis to your dermis. So that Velcro is defective. And so in my son's, you know, specific type, once we actually got the genetic testing, we found out that um, the most severe uh, version of dystrophic would be your body literally produces no collagen seven whatsoever. And so you have uh, internal, and, and it's not just external issues, right? So it's, that was kind of another sucker punch as you're learning about this, like, hey, he's got a skin condition. Hey, he gets blisters really easily. In addition, um, it affects his oral mucosa. It, expect, it, it affects his throat down to his uh, esophagus. And um, so there are a lot of, like probably somewhere in the range of 70 to 90% of kids with this condition have a, a, a G-tube um, because they're unable to consume enough calories by mouth um, to survive and thrive. And then down on the end and the last part of the track uh, in the anus, that's also affected as well. Um, so really just the stomach lining, 
um, and that portion of your digestive system isn't affected, which is, you know, a nice, a nicety. <laughs> um, yeah. and then, and then for more severe cases, it can involve your eyes. They can, you can actually get, you know, uh, your, your eye tissue will, will also get damaged and you'll get blisters. Um, and, uh, luckily we have not had that issue. Well, so that, yeah. So, so this, so that what you just described was, is the most severe. So that, that's the, that's the, the most severe. And so for my son specifically, he has, uh, his collagen seven is basically, uh, it's a defective version. So it's, it's a mutated version where it, there's some functionality, uh, which, um, gives us, uh, an opportunity for, you know, we're really, I mean, I'd say we're blessed with the fact that he is producing some collagen seven. It doesn't work right, but it, it's, it's some, something that's defective is better than having nothing at all. Yeah. So, so I guess what was your, you and your wife's, um, yeah. What, what could, I guess as a father, what were you feeling as you're learning that your son is going to have this condition for the rest of his life? What was your mindset at the time? Um, it, it, it was very <laughs> disheartening. You know, it, 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 it was, you know, basically we kind of, uh, you know, the rundown of his first, you know, three weeks of life were he was born there was obviously some issue. Uh, we then went to, a, you know, we transferred another hospital and said, Hey, he's got a severe genetic condition that he's going to have for the rest of his life. And not only is it a skin problem, but, uh, your son also has a, Oh, well, he has a tongue tie, right? Well, it wasn't a tongue tie. His, his tongue is practically sealed to the bottom of his, his mouth because in utero, he was sucking on his thumb and traumatized his lips and internal of his mouth. And so that's something that we've had to deal with his entire life in terms of making, which makes feeding more difficult. Um, and then, you know, realizing like, you know, also like, you know, bowel movements are going to be really painful. Um, and that tissue can also tear. And, and so kind of going through that of like, okay, there's something wrong. It's actually bad actually. And not only is it bad, but there's a, it's bad in a couple of different ways. And then once we found out what happened, it went to, now we're going to send you home with some very limited instructions on how to take care of your son. And then within the very next day, he developed a fever. Um, and so we had to go back to the hospital. And so he, his biopsy site uh, actually became infected. And so then you realize that um, infections in newborn infants are really life-threatening and dangerous. And um, so, yeah, the first 30 days, you should keep your kids away from everybody. <laughs> That's what I, I like. Keep them home. Don't take them anywhere. Um, and so it, you kind of went through this progression of, okay, well now we're stuck in the hospital and now it's not only do you have this severe condition, but now you're, you're, you're have, you know, we're in the, the intensive care unit, you know, in pediatrics and they're saying your son might die uh, because wow. he's got infection. And so now they're kind of taking over and saying, Hey, well, we need to do everything we can do. And I remember very specifically, like, you know, kind of the first, you know, we took a break and, from being by his side for the first time in his, you know, four days of life. And, you know, everyone's telling us that he's, you know, potentially going to die and you have to you know, feed him every two hours and make sure that he's, you know, getting enough breast milk that we're, you know, I'm literally feeding him with a dropper because he can't suck on a bottle. And uh, I've, I remember sitting down and we're eating Wendy's, right? We went down to the, the basement or, you know, the, the first floor of the hospital and we're eating Wendy's and just talking to my wife and just saying, you know, we're not, we're not going to let him die. You know, it's not happening. Like I'm not, I'm not going to let that happen. 
So I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that didn't happen. And he survived and now he's thriving and it has been a constant challenge. And it was, there is no, you know, we survived that first experience, right? Hey, great. We did it. You know, we were in the hospital for two weeks. Thank, thankfully we, you know, we were then a little bit more reacquainted with how to actually care for him properly. Um, we had the opportunity with medical professionals that had a vague idea of what they were doing based on contacting the, the Deborah organization, which is um, uh, the kind of main organization in the United States and around the world that helps families um, kind of get accustomed to this. And so that, that was really, you know, the evolving mindset was, okay, panic. There's a, it's a very serious problem and you just make sure he doesn't die and he didn't. And now it's, how do we, how do we get him to not only survive, but thrive? Gotcha. And you, and you know, part of the, I think the difficult part that you mentioned before we started recording was the hospital really didn't have, you know, it's so rare of a condition that their advice was slim or they're Googling and you're sitting there like thinking like how, you know, when, how am I supposed to help my, my son with this when the professionals don't really know what to tell me? Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, we were told, you know, the, the, the attending dermatologist that, that, you know, he, he's about, you know, in practice for 35 odd years, he actually just retired about a year ago. And, um, you know, he told us, you know, that first day we met him and said that you will become the experts on your son's condition. You will know more than every single doctor about in the world practically about your son, because they have even people that are competent and know about the condition, they know how to treat, you know, it generally, you know, and, and even the specialists, they'll never be as acquainted with your son's skin gotcha. as you are, you know, what he's capable of, you know, what's best for him. And they, you know, they have a, a really general idea of what, you know, maybe is best, but you know, when it comes to, you know, bandaging him, you know, he wears, he wears bandages, he wears silicone dressings, basically from the, the neck down, he's covered, his hands are uncovered, his head is uncovered. And that's it. Every his neck, head, hands, that's it. Everything else is covered with um, silicone dressings, a layer, you know, sometimes a layer of gauze, and then tubular dressings that basically give him kind of a, a, a second skin that keep him, you know, protected. Gotcha. And so once you you know, you get past this infection and he's, he recovers, like, yeah, walk us through what was the beginning of take, taking care of him. And you mentioned, I think that your wife was struggling a bit and yeah. So can you walk us through that? Yeah. So, so, so the very early on bandage changes were, were pretty horrifying because what it involved is we, we didn't know what we were doing and, and the doctors didn't know what they were doing. And, and that's really, if you think about, you know, a burn uh, or an injury that you're, you're, you're working with, uh, you've got to, the only, the only solution for anything is we just, we, his skin always heals, right? So we have to dress it. Um, you know, we have a variety of lotions, you know, they told you know, originally we used Vaseline primarily. Uh, now we mostly use like shea butter um, and coconut oil. And so, you know, getting that knowledge and figuring it out. So the, the very first I would say probably month to two months while we were doing his dressing changes, we were pretty much torturing our child, literally. Uh, I, I know it 100% now in, in retrospect, and, and, I've, and I've gone in, I, you know, there's another baby born about 
three months ago here at Shands and I was able to come in and, and they said, well, you know, they were giving the baby morphine um, and a couple of other, you know, really high pain management drugs. And uh, my son's never been on any pain medication. And so, uh, you know, I said, listen, if you are doing this right, it will be mildly discomforting and slightly painful. If the baby needs morphine, you're torturing it. You're doing it wrong. And so, and we were, you know, he was screaming, it was, he was writhing and, and my wife couldn't handle that. And so for the first two weeks while we were in the hospital, one of the uh, uh, resident dermatologists assisted me, you know, and helped me do it. Uh, as long with uh, a second year medical student, they were great. They, you know, they really saved us uh, because my wife just wasn't emotionally able you know, you're processing all these emotions, you know, you're uh, other than just, you know, postpartum depression and all that kind of thing. And then it, there's this massive thing and you're torturing your child, you know, and he's screaming in pain and she just, she just couldn't function. And uh, I'm sure if she had to, she would have, you know, we all come up with that fortitude to make it happen. Um, but for the first, I'd say for probably three or four months, I did all the bandage, all the bandage changes, you know, either by myself or with the assistance of, you know, medical professional. Um, and so it was, it was a, a very arduous process for us. One, it was difficult for me, you know, because I had to do it. I didn't have a choice. And so how did you, yeah, no, how, how did you find the, like you described it, the fortitude to, to do this and to, you know, your, your kid is screaming and you're, what were you, what, what's going through your mind as you? I think you just, you get, you turn it off, right? You know, you have to, you, you have to turn off your emotions. You have to, you know, I, I was able to just be robotic and say, I, I'm going to ignore your cries because when we're done, you will feel better for the next hour and a half. You will be in pain and you will be screaming and you will not like it. And I, have to do this to you. There's no option. And, you know, you just, I was able to kind of shut it off, you know, I think potentially sometimes to a, to a detrimental level, right. Where, you know, you're, you're shutting it off so much. Well, then maybe, you know, maybe you're missing out on opportunities of how do I actually make it this more comfortable for him, you know, because it can be comfortable and it is comfortable now, you know, at seven, it's, it's, you know, he still has wounds, you know, probably on 15% to 25% of his body at all times that, that are in various stages of healing. Um, and, you know, so he, he is significantly more comfortable. We, we've, we figured out ways to make it comfortable. We figured out, you know, after about a year and a half that by adding um, Epsom salt to his bath and changing the, uh, the isotonic nature of the water, uh, putting him in the bath was no, one, one day, every time he got in the water was incredibly painful. And we got a tip that said, Hey, add, you know, either pool salt or Epsom salt. And he got in the bath and he didn't scream at all. It didn't bother him at all. And we, yes. we went from being this nightmare to, oh, he loves baths now. He loves going in the pool. He loves going in the bath. And that, that was it. It was one, one little thing. And so you go from thinking, well, he's got to, it's, it's going to be painful. And there's nothing you can do about it. And then somebody somewhere figured out that saline or pool salt or something, just, you know, by adding salt to the water, it actually makes it comfortable. <laughs> that procedure that you have to do you said it takes an hour and a half and this is like daily or how often are you doing this so we started we when he was a baby we started doing it uh daily 
Um, and that was what was recommended to us. And then we very, very slowly pushed it from 24 hours to 36 hours to 48 hours. And so right now we do it three days a week. Um, unless if he wants to like go in the pool, I'm not going to stop him. You know, if he wants to have, if he wants to go in the pool with his sister and she, she wants to go in the pool every day, right? We have a pool. We specifically bought a house with a pool thing, you know, when he was two that, Hey, you're not really going to be able to play sports. And so what can you yep. do? Swimming. Yeah. Swimming is a great thing. And this is even before we realized that, you know, the, you know, the pool, the salty salt nature of the pool would actually be good for him and actually be comfortable. So, so how did, so, you know, you mentioned your wife, you know, makes perfect sense, right. For somebody to have a reaction of their child screaming and, and, you know, it's just overwhelming. How, how did she, or how did you help her or, or what happened? How did she come out of that? I imagine now your son is doing much better and she's also doing better. Yes. I mean, I think part of it was uh, over time realizing that, you know, I think with anything that's difficult, right. You have, you know, it's kind of like small doses, right. So it, it was like, well, help me do this bandage change. Right. So she would help and maybe she'd do like his leg. Um, and I do the rest of it. And, and then, it, you know, slowly very pro progressive, like, Hey, you're going to do one bandage change a week. And I'll do the rest. And so it's just, you know, it, 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 it is, you know, just dosing, you know, do, dosing frequency, right? Anything, you know, you can, you know, you can achieve anything. You just, like I said, if it's, if it's too emotionally taxing to do an entire band change, that's fine. We'll do one leg and I'll do the rest, you know, and then do, and then do two legs and then I'll do the rest and then do his arms and his legs and I'll do his torso. And then, yeah, you can do the whole thing, you know? And so it's really just, encouraging her and, and, and working with her and, and, and knowing that although I could theoretically do every single band change for the rest of his life, um, that's not necessary. And he, you know, he actually now, he actually prefers my wife to do it because she's a little more gentle. She's a little more caring and she, you know, it'll take her twice as long to do it as, as me. So I mean, I, it's probably take me about an hour, 15, you know, hour and a half. And for her, it'll probably be closer to two and a half hours, but she does it slower and more gentle. I mean, she's, she's a caregiver. She's a veterinarian. So she's used to doing things to be very detail oriented. And that's, I'm not, you know, I, she likes to think, Oh, well, you're, I'm cutting corners or something. I'm not cutting corners. I just, you know, I have a very methodical system and I execute on it. You know, I'm just very pragmatic. And he, you know, when I'm done, he feels great. He says, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice if you're a little more gentle. I'm like, well, yeah, I'll work on that. I can work on that. <laughs> so what, what about your son, right? He's seven now. So I'd imagine he's, you know, once I feel like they pass four years old, they're a little more aware. What, what's been his experience and how's his outlook? And, you know, how do you keep the family, if this is something that's like going to be his whole life, how, how as a father do you keep everybody upbeat? And, and Yeah, so, you know, I think you, you're kind of right on the money there on that, that four, four to five is kind of when he started having, having those, why did this happen to me? Why did, why did God do give me this, you know? And, you know, there's not really a great answer. I, I think there's no, you know, there's no one perfect answer and it just, well, he wanted to make you special, you know? So, you know, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to roll with that. And, and, and so just when people say, you know, every, everywhere we go, when we go somewhere new, you know, especially with other little kids, what happened to, to you, what happened to him? You know, obviously they don't have a filter. <laughs> so sure. it, it's a constant, you know, it's a constant, uh, what happened, you know, why do you have boo-boos all over you? Um, you know, he's, you know, like I said, he is, you know, varying stages of, he, he can't go anywhere and, and 
nobody is going to not notice. He just doesn't, you know, even when he's, you know, his skin is as nice as possible and he hasn't made any blisters on his, you know, face in a while and there's not many scabs or anything. It's still apparent. Um, you know, even if he's wearing long sleeves and, and, and pants, it's just, there's no mistaking that there's something different. Um, and so that, you know, that is, I think, you know, it's tough, but I think at the same time, it's when you get it over and over again from your entire life from start, it's, you know, people walk by, Hey, what happened to you? I was born this way. I was born this way. <laughs> I have special skin. And so, you know, you just kind of roll with it and that, that's it. And just basically be as, as pleasant as possible. And, and just, you know, we explain like people are interested, you know, you're, you're unique, you're unique and you're special and that's actually going to be a good thing. And that's, that's going to be something that you're going to want, you know, and, you know, we, we all, you know, I think it'll, it'll get probably tougher as he gets to kind of like middle school, high school age, you know, where, you know, there's more of a, a, a sense to, you know, conformity and, and uniformity. Everybody wants, nobody wants to stand out. Right. You know, when sure. you get to that stamp, you know, or most, most people don't want to stand out. Um, but he'll, he doesn't have that option. He's always going to stand out. Yeah. So what is this whole experience like, you know, taught you as a, as a father? Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, I think when, when he was born, it was for the first few years, especially it, it he was my mission, you know, and especially before my daughter was born. Like I, you know, it was it, you know, almost to the detriment of my development and, and, and probably, you know, my relationship with my wife and, and, and others is that, you know, it, it, my life was all about making sure that he was surviving and thriving and, you know, researching, you know, as many different, like, Hey, what, you know, is there any lotions that we can use? Is there uh, you know, can we, what about acupuncture? What about homeopathic medications? Is there anything we can do to kind of ameliorate his condition? And I, you know, I still do that to this day. It's constantly like trying, trying to innovate, constantly trying to change. And so, you know, once, once he, you know, he started walking and he stopped falling and he started to get better and, you know, all of his wounds now are, they're kind of self-inflicted from itching, you know, it gets really hot. Uh, we live in Florida. Um, and so it was really now changing my perspective and saying, okay, well now, you know, this is great, but you know, now maybe grow as a little bit as an individual beyond just, you know, you're not defined as, okay, I'm a father of, of a kid who has, you know, a rare genetic condition. That's not, that's not all of who I am. It's just one part of me. And I think that's a very difficult thing to get past. Uh, for for anybody and and just as you develop you want to be well-rounded you want to make sure your you know your marriage is as well you know because you know we're not a you know i think there was definitely a, a period in time where you know we weren't so much a you know married we were a medical management practice <laughs> you know we're, we're a medical management team uh and so it took a while to kind of grow and develop and re emerge as okay well now we we kind of start you know to lick this thing a little bit and we're actually you know kicking kicking its butt a little bit and we're we're doing good and he's doing well and and you know there's still daily challenges and it's still frustrating and everywhere we go we have to think about him being hot have to think about him being injured um have to make sure that he's getting you know 2,000 calories of food per day so it was you know getting beyond all of that you know, and saying, okay, well, once, you know, especially once my daughter was born, it became, okay, well, now you have two kids, right? You can't devote all of your energy and, and time on this one child. And so, you know, developing, you know, uh, beyond that, say, okay, well, now you're a father of two children and, and 
and it's another set of challenges, right? Okay, you know, doing things a little differently, having a ramb having a rambunctious child around. You know, I didn't, you know, with my son, he's very, very cautious. You know, you could leave him, uh, you know, we used to joke that we could leave him on a floor with knives and, and marbles and, and we'd come back an hour later and he'd be there and wouldn't have touched any of the dangerous things and would have never put anything in his mouth and wouldn't have to worry about any of that. Whereas with my, when my daughter arrived, she's kind of the hellraiser. And so we, it was a, just this complete different experience of, of being a father to somebody who's, you know, very laid back and very cautious to, you know, the typical risk taking toddler that's, you know, kind of an, a nightmare to keep track and make sure that they don't kill themselves. <laughs> so what about, um, yeah, like you mentioned a little bit, your, your relationship with your wife, like what has that whole experience taught you about, like how, how, how long were you married to your wife before this occurred? Uh, so we, we were together for about, uh, we dated for about six years and we were married for about a year and a half when he was born. So we've been together for a while. Um, and so, you know, I think it, it was a very taxing toll and it, you know, I think becoming a, becoming parents changes your relationship, right? It changes the, the relation dynamic Im immediately, right? You, you go from being able to do whatever you want and, you know, and it's being as spontaneous as you want to, okay, well now we have to worry about this extra person and how do we manage that? And then when you have two kids, I think it becomes, you know, each, each of the subsequent kid, I think maybe makes things a little bit more challenging to, you know, keep your marriage functional, right? Yeah. And, and remind yourself that you are, you know, that she's your, you know, she's not just the mother of your children. She's your wife and you, you know, and treat her as such and, and develop your intimate relationship, which is, you know, very, you know difficult with, with children, but it, it's necessary, right? If you want to have a happy and healthy life. Yeah. I'll, I'll also mention that for, for anyone who's listened to this, and I think it's been, I want to thank you, Mark, for, for sharing all these details in this incredible story and sort of a, yeah, amazing display of what a father should do in a, in a crisis like this. But um, people should also listen to uh, Chief Chuck's talk because he had a, his wife was ill and his story is very similar. Uh, so he talks about that in his talk. So I would say, if you want to hear another similar talk of a, uh, a man doing what they have to do when their family needs them to listen to, to Chief Chuck's talk as well. So where's your mindset at right now? Like you, you know, you asked me to, to be in this conference. So you're, you're, it feels like you're, you know, you've managed to make the best out of the, what the situation that you've been handed. Is that how you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, now, you know, it, it, it like I said, we kind of each phase grew, grew through, okay, well, you know, we, we survive, we're thriving. Okay. Well now what, what's the next set of challenges? I think that's what, you know, I look at my life is like, I feel like, you know, my wife says, what, don't you want to have things just like relaxed? You know, cause I talk about wanting to have a third child and maybe a fourth child. And she's like, but we just, now we have things together and things are kind of like, you know, easy. Well, I don't want an easy life. I want challenges. Like I want to keep challenging myself and keep growing as a person. And, and I don't want life to just be simple and easy and you know, I don't, I don't know if, if that's a product of my, you know, you know, character or if it's in terms of having to, having dealt with so much trauma, you know, for a long time that you kind of need more difficulties, right? You kind of, you know, strive to have some more challenges. And so for me, it's, it's really, you know, 
growing as, as a person. And, and the reason I you know, reached out to you is that I, I feel like, you know, my story can help some people that, are, that might be, they're not to the, the point where I am, where I've accepted it. Right. It, it took years to accept. Uh, and I don't know if my wife truly has accepted this, right. Like that, the actual concept of acceptance and, and, and saying, okay, well, I was given this challenge and I'm okay with it. Right. I mean, there was definitely times where I wasn't okay with it and I was cursing at God and saying, why, you know, why, why, you know, why, why? And for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing for me. I, I, I do wish my son, you know, I wish a cure in the future. I, I wish he wouldn't have had to deal with this. I think he'll be a stronger individual uh, because of that. And I tell him that all the time. I say, listen, at the end of the day, nobody is tougher than you. Not a single kid at your school is tougher than you. It's not a chance. That's it. You know, and, and so like, that's, you know, really what I want, you know, wanted to share with people is that, you know, if when you're going through very difficult times and you're wondering why, and you're wondering how do you get out of it, you know, some, in some situations like this, there's, there's no getting out of it. Right. You know, there's, you're going through hell and you want to get to the other side. Well, you know, there's going to be a little bit of hell coming with me for the rest of my life and, and with my son, but that's okay. You know, that's, that's doesn't mean we can't live a reasonably normal life, right? Like for, for me, you know, certain things we can't do with him. Uh, but there's my, I, my job as, as his father is to push him and, and to challenge him and to, you know, like I said, we I make him do push-ups. you know, I make him do <laughs> squats and, and, you know, because, you know, it's about, you know, building you know, for him, he has, you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy, you know, he doesn't, he's not as mobile as most kids his age. So, you know, he's, he's a little developmentally delayed when it comes to, you know, uh, his overall physical well-being, And, and so that makes it difficult to play soccer. You know, we can, I mean, it's, we live in Gainesville, Florida. It's freaking a hundred, feels like it's a hundred degrees outside right now. I think it's like 90, it's like 93 yesterday, you know, 104 heat index. And he's miserable when it's hot. He's absolutely miserable. And so it makes, it makes things challenging. But, you know, like I said, one of the things is he loves the pool. He loves, loves going to the beach. You know, once he's wet, you know, he's wearing all these bandages. So he actually, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm cold. <laughs> you know, this kind of actually, you know, sucks. I'm like, well, now, now we can get in the sun. Get in the sun. He's like, oh, you know, we did his bandage change um, yesterday. He was out of the pool. And, I, you know, I, he said, oh, I was like, the, the sun feels so good on my back, you know, when he got out of the pool. And I, he was cold and I got all of his wet bandages off. And he's like, yeah, that, you know, that's, th those are the kind of moments that you really cherish that, you know, kind of overlooked, you know, feelings or, or, or moments that you don't think about a lot. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, the sun does feel perfect right now. It does feel like what a nice warm embrace and versus normally he's outside and he's miserable and he hates it and he wants to get inside as quickly as possible and enjoy the 70 degree AC that we keep our house at. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you're, it's inspiring, man, what, what you've, uh, the way that you've approached it and the fact that you're teaching your son to not look at himself as a, as a victim of his circumstances, but you're having him look at the other perspective, which is a more empowering. And I think the right perspective and, and, and then with your wife, you know, the fact that you've done that. So credit to you, man, this is a incre incredible story. And I'm thankful that you shared it. I think other people will benefit it. Other men will benefit from it. Is there anywhere, if somebody wants to, learn more or 
um, we didn't really talk about this, but if they want to reach out to you, is there somewhere they can do that? Um, so I mean, if they're interested in finding more uh, about his condition, um, it's uh, Debra.org, D-E-B-R-A.org. Uh, as far as me, I'm, I'm on Twitter. Um, there's uh, if you, anybody wants to reach out to me, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Uh, my handle's Mark Barisha, um, as, as I'm sure they'll have it there. Yeah. Well, I don't know if, you, if there's anything else you want to say, but I think um, we'll just wrap it up here. But I, I want to say again, I appreciate you, Mark, for sharing this and um, yeah, for having the courage of what you've gone through and, 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 and the way that you've approached it. It's, it's, uh, I think what we would all hope that we would have such courage in, in a situation like that as a father. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And, and, and the only other thing I'll add is that, you know, um, you know, the lineup of people that you have speaking at this conference is, you know, I've, I've learned so many, so many things from, from all, all of these, these men, you know, uh, especially you want to, Hat tip to Hunter Drew um, at the Family Alpha. He's he's been uh, you know really yeah, Hunter, Hunter is fantastic. Yeah, he's a great guy, and I mean everybody you know like I said the the list goes on and on. Um, so it's, I encourage everyone to to take you know that attitude of you know every you can learn from all these different men and, and, and I guess and women as well that are I think speaking and uh, you know just like I said you know apply different elements of what their their message is to your life 